0: I couldn't be more excited to announce that the official Noose and Seeing Other People merch collab is finally here. I put so much care and thought into the designs for this line. I really wanted each product to represent seeing other people and this community. And when I think of seeing other people and all of the listeners and the family here, I think of how empathetic we all are and how communicative we are and how we all want to provide each other with comfort. And so I really incorporated those values into all of the products. And there are shirts that say emotional support, human. There's a sweatshirt that says double text. There is a long sleeve that says emotionally available and so much more. Check it out at www.wearenoose.com. That's N-U-S. And of course, links are in bio on all social platforms. I'm so excited. Check it out and let me know what you guys get. I'm, I can't wait to see it on you. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. I have a really funny story to tell before we get into the episode. The last night I was out to dinner with an old friend of mine from college and shout out Syracuse, obviously. And we were talking about this guy who we both mutually like dated at one point. And we knew that we each had like gone on dates with him at different times and stuff. And then she's telling me, how her situation with him started at one point and then stopped and then started up again whatever and we start comparing timelines and we literally like went back into like old texts with our friends to find out when we said things about this guy and turns out not only was he going on dates with both of us at the same time also with another girl that we both knew all went to the same college Same age, same major. Like we all were in the same classes together. And this guy literally was going on dates with all three of us at the same time. Which is just like, come on, come on, do better. Also, like if you're going to do that, I mean, yes, I understand that like you go on dates with multiple people, like people do that. That's a very normal thing that people do. Nothing wrong with it. But like, if you're going to do that, first of all, don't pick people that are friends. And second of all, just like, maybe pick people that went to like different colleges or like of different ages and different social circles. Like, it's really funny that we didn't figure this out for like literally two years, but it's putting in the pieces together. We were laughing about it and we started a group chat. We also sent him a picture of the movie poster for John Tucker must die. But um, yeah, it was really funny and a lot of laughs though. It would not have been a lot of laughs at the time for sure. Had we known this then. And don't worry, none of us ended up with him. But um, yeah, it was just funny. So guys, be careful about not not just guys, guys and girls, anyone. Be careful about the people you're going on dates with at the same time, because you never know who's going to put what pieces together about it. Uh, but anyways, a really exciting episode coming up today. We have the incredibly talented Gigi Robinson coming on the podcast. And for those who are unfamiliar, Gigi is a mental health advocate. She is a chronic illness advocate. She's a Gen Z thought leader and creative innovator. And she does a lot of content about self-awareness and actionable advice for people who want to make an impact or who are struggling with body image issues or are battling like mental health issues or who have chronic illnesses. And her content's really amazing and inspiring. And she's just doing the absolute most in the space in a really great way. And I'm really excited. We're going to talk all about how social media impacts our mental health and all of that impacts our ability to date and to date well and to date without going absolutely insane. Um, Because obviously, we know social media plays a huge role in dating. We also talk about body image and how it can be tough to really go on dates when you're not feeling that great about yourself. And we talk about her experience dating while being chronically ill and some positive and negative things that have happened with that. And really just, it's a really great episode about learning to be more empathetic and compassionate, both to yourself and to those around you and those that you encounter on dating apps and in person or over FaceTime dates, whatever it may be. So, really exciting episode. As always, don't forget to give a five-star rating if you like what you hear and you're listening on the Apple Podcasts app. Those ratings really help when someone is checking out the podcast to see if like maybe they'll listen, maybe not. They'll scroll down, see some of the ratings, see that there's like a 4.5 or a five-star like overall review. So definitely do that. Of course, I can't stress this enough. Like if there's something that you think a friend of yours would benefit from listening to this episode, any other episode of seeing other people, a friend, a coworker, a family member, anyone, please send it to them. The more we can get people listening, the more I will be able to continue doing this as hopefully my career path. And I love this and I love bringing you guys these episodes twice a week. So please send to a friend, post on your Instagram story, follow the podcast, seeing other people, follow Alana Dunn everywhere. And... Without further ado, as always, I keep saying as always, but I guess, I guess the drill is pretty much the same. So as always, seeing other people is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD, and you guys have to try out their new product drop, which is the Total Mindset Gummy Assortment. It comes with Happy, Calm, Focus, Health, and Rest, which are actually all of my favorite of Mindset Wellness's products. So you get the Total Mindset. And they're all vegan, they're organic, they taste amazing. And then you can decide what mindset you want in the moment. And you don't have to just decide ahead of time when you're ordering it because you have them all. And again, if you have not tried CBD, it doesn't get you high. It just makes you feel exactly the way you want to feel and a little less filled with anxiety and a little less stressed and hung up on a few different things that you might normally get carried away with. So definitely try it. Mindsetwellness.com. And of course, code seeing other people at checkout will get you 10% off and free shipping. And we are here with the amazing Gigi
1: Robinson. Gigi, welcome to seeing other people. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. First of all, thank you. Um, And happy hump day.
0: Happy hump day. Whether or not you're listening to this on a Wednesday, everybody, happy hump day. (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly. so, Gigi,
0: I would love if you could just introduce yourself in your own words to the seeing other people listeners.
1: Yeah. So I am Gigi, Gigi Robinson, to be exact. Yeah, you are. Um, I, <laughs> I, um, I am a creative producer, activist, advocate, um, writer, author, public speaker. I do it all. Um, when do you sleep? And- Fun fact, um I don't I don't. Um I have a really hard time sleeping, which I will get into later. I don't know if it has anything to do with my chronic illness or not, but I decided that I needed to do work about chronic illness and advocacy and body image because I was having struggles myself and that's just how I landed in the field that I was in and I actually am like I don't know. It's, it's kind of humbling sometimes because I got my diagnosis with my chronic condition, which I know we'll get into later at like age 11, but, or age 10, 12, 13 years ago at this point, I'm 23 now. And ultimately that diagnosis forced me to quit swimming competitively because the doctor was like, You're going to mess your bones up forever and your joints are going to be effed and you just need to stop now. So I stopped and that's when I actually picked up the camera for the first time, Um, like around that time. And it just led me down this creative path. So everyone always asks me, how did you get started? I'm like, actually, it's not (laughs) it's not as like nice as you think. But uh, yeah, that was a totally long and really random intro. (laughs) But hello, everyone.
0: <laughs> no, that was great, and it's it is really cool to have that context because any time I talk to anyone, I do ask like how they got involved and in what they're doing because everyone's stories are not what you think they would be, and mm-hmm. I think it's really cool and, and special because you ended up turning uh, an unfortunate situation into a positive one where you figured out like what your purpose could be outside of what you thought it was, and I right. feel like that's a lot. Actually, like of the ways that people get involved in whatever they're doing in the world of like advocacy or like content creation with a purpose, you know. And so yeah. that's that's really cool to hear. And I know, <laughs> I know you still do get in the pool, so <laughs> well that's, that's <laughs> always great to see. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I'm super excited to have you on. I. To everyone listening, the reason I wanted to bring Gigi on is because she does a lot of work about mental health and chronic illness and body image. And those are three things that, of course, impact our dating lives and also like social media and all that. So I thought that we could have a really great and like meaningful conversation about how all those tie together. And I think the perfect place to start is mental health and social media. because Obviously, those two go very hand in hand. When it comes to dating, because as we all know, they're very involved with each other. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. You can say that a hundred times again.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know one of the biggest things, and a lot of our listeners are single. And so, One of the hardest things is like being on social media and just it it makes you feel so isolated and so lonely because all you see is like happy couples everywhere. And it can seem like every single person is in a relationship and you're not, even when that's not the truth. And for the most part, most of those people aren't happy. But I'm wondering what your experience has been and and what you think of that in general.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one is a photographer. I fall victim to looking at those like, you know, dirty boots, messy hair photos or like random travel explore, pic- like explore page pictures of these couples in like these like ball gowns in Greece or like in Turkey with like hot air balloons in the back. And I'm literally like, oh my gosh, I need a photographer, boyfriend, husband, man in my life to do that with. Cause that is like <laughs> something that I would love to do. But at the same time, I know that again like i don't know anything about those people's relationship i don't know anything about the way that they're actually like functioning together um it could just be for the gram they could be friends they could be cu- uh, i don't i was going to say cousins but that would be like really <laughs> really messed up but like it could be like a posed photo is all i'm saying like we've all seen those pictures where people like fake holding their own hand and they're like it's yep. like it was like a trend on tiktok i think last year um, and you, you just never know with social media. So I always take any image with a grain of salt. But again, the photographer in me really just gets like envy, I think. Like, I'm not even jealous. I'm not even like, oh, man, like, I wish that was me. I'm just like, where is mine? Like, h- yeah. how can I do that? And um, I just think it comes with time, but... At the same time, I see couples like uh, Savannah and Cole LeBrant uh, with their beautiful little babies and like Uh, all of their friends. And I look at that and I'm like, can I just have like a social media boyfriend? Like, I just want somebody to like, like what I like and do what I do and like have it just flow. But Mm -hmm. that takes time. And at the same time, any time that I've talked to somebody on a date about social media, it's either like, hell yes, or ew, goodbye. And uh-huh. that's been probably the most difficult part about dating for me because some people just are so anti-social media. And I'm like, okay, well, that's what I do for my work. It's weird that you would say that about my job. Like I could be anti-math, but I'm not gonna tell you your engineering degree's stupid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it definitely
0: is tough when you are like a public facing person and you do use these things for a yeah. living. Like I know- I know one thing I struggled with was like, I didn't want people to look me up on Instagram when right. I was like on dating apps and stuff, because they're going to see me like talking about dating and, and saying like seeming so negative and like that <laughs> it's so hard and stuff. And like literally somebody was like, I got to admit I stalked you and like, Jesus, do you really get ghosted every day? And I'm like, no, like, but <laughs> I like, like, Oh, I don't know. It's, it's weird. And obviously that's like a super niche problem, like that not everyone has, but, but it is so interesting and i before i skip ahead to talking more about about like stalking people before getting to know them and stuff um one thing that i wanted to bring up with like the travel photos and like wanting to have somebody to do those things like i caught myself saying something the other day that just sounded so ridiculous where mm-hmm. i was sitting down with jake who's my boyfriend and mm-hmm. i we were talking about like things like fun activities we can do like in the fall. Cause we like, like doing things. So I was like, Oh my God, like we have to go apple picking. He's like, why? Because now that you have a boyfriend, you need to go apple picking to take the apple picking couple photos. <laughs> and I was like, kind of like, d- isn't that like a rite of passage? Like, isn't that like what I have to do now? It's what's expected of me. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you know what? Like, actually, like I don't even know if I want to go apple picking. <laughs> like you're right. right. Like, like that's literally why I thought that that was something like I had to do now because that's what i've seen and i was always like oh like i wish i just like had someone to do this with you know so it is so weird the things that we like like make up in our head because of it
1: also fun fact depending on where you go apple picking like especially upstate new york like late october november one it's cold as Outside, and you have to walk through a whole apple vineyard, which apple vineyard, apple orchard, orchard, yeah, apple farm. (laughs) (laughs) And like it's cold, sometimes it's rainy, usually, there's bugs and worms and bees like in the like around the apples that you're picking. So well, yes, the experience is fun for what it is. Just, yeah, there's, I think, yeah. like, a cute, like, picnic or, like, I don't know, in New York City, there's, like, this um, this boat that you can go on that has jacuzzis. Have you, like, seen this? I've been seeing yes, I have. couples in it. Like, left and right. And I'm, like, again, wh- like, where's my part? Like, why, yeah. why can't we just go? Like, that sounds like so much fun. Um, and I also, just to all our single listeners, I'm also single, so... I've never really been in like a long-term committed relationship either. So I just had to put that out there so that you don't feel alone. And I'm 23. And I think like normalizing that should be also at the front of this conversation because Mm -hmm. I know so many friends who, yes, they have had serious boyfriends and like, you know, their boyfriends are their life. But I've also had other friends who are in the same boat as me have not had a serious relationship yet. Um, whether they're picky or they're not in the right headspace or, you know, they've just had crap experiences. Like, it's just honestly like such a broad thing that I think so many different people that I know, both like females, males and non-binary people, like have just simply not been able to find that person. And I can't help but think that our mental health and our relationship with social media has something to do with that. Um, and also, the fact that like we grew up with people at our fingertips and just being able to like and swipe and like tap through things. It's like it's like we get our, our attention span, I think, is like point two point seven seconds at this point. I think it's below three. So you have to catch someone's eye in three seconds. Like what? <laughs> so that's kind of yeah, That that's just for me. That's something that is like super frustrating. I think about it all the time too, because then, I mean, tell me if you related to this in any way, but like the dreaded, like Thanksgiving conversation or like mm-hmm. holiday conversation, I'm like, Oh, so like, who's that special someone? Like, do you have someone like, Oh, why not? Like, what's wrong with you? Like what's going on? And I'm just like, it's literally has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Like it literally just does not.
0: <laughs> it also just makes you feel like, It makes you feel really shitty when people are like, oh, like making you feel like there's something wrong with you for not having someone. I mean, I'm 27 and I I have a lot of friends who have never been in relationships and I have friends who are in their 30s who have never been in a relationship. And it's it's like people will hear that and be like, what's wrong with you? But it's like, first of all, there are so many different types of like situationships now that you could literally have like full long term things with somebody like that are like committed and serious that are not quote unquote relationships and that's a big problem and then it's also like there's not like like you said with the attention spans and and everything like it's it's not easy it's really really difficult because even like you can yes you can go on a dating app you can be doing everything in the world and it just doesn't it just hasn't happened yet and I I think one thing that's really tough is and for everyone like let's say you match with somebody on an app and then you look them up on social media. You see like yeah. one picture that you're like, I, I don't know, like that seems a little weird. Or like, right. oh, like why, is, like why is this girl posing like that? Or like, why is this guy posting solo pictures? And it's just like these little superficial things that have absolutely nothing to do with a person's like true character. Right. And right. we make so many judgments and we'll just write them off because of that. Or like if someone has one type of picture that we don't like or that we think is like, eh, we're like, all right, like I'll find someone else. There are so many more people out there, but then you just keep doing that. So you end up not finding anyone.
1: Yeah, I have definitely fallen victim to that. And about situationships, I, oh, my, my Lord, I have stories about situationships, a hundred (laughs) percent, but, um, not good ones, unfortunately. They never um, are. Was, they never yeah, are. <laughs> I think if you're calling it a situationship in the first place, that's your first indicator that like, it's just not, it's not the real yeah. deal. And I I don't think that situationships can evolve into like a, a, a serious, like, you know, mm-hmm. out of love relationship. Um, I, I just think that's just from my personal experience, but I agree. Also,
0: yeah. But one thing I'll say not to cut you off, but I feel like people, people will never call it a situationship in the moment. It'll mm-hmm. be like, yeah, like we've been seeing each other. Yeah. We're hanging, like I've yeah. like, he introduced me to his friends. Like we're hanging out this many times a week. We just haven't had the convo yet, but then the convo never happens. And turns out they're like, both people are completely misaligned.
1: Yes, 100% aligned with you on that. I think that is like so, so real. And also with that social media thing, like I actually, fun fact, last night, I, I'm i like also, I'm I'm like the queen of tangents. So again, if I like go in a million d- directions, just be like, GG, come on. You're good, go. Um, go. But I am a serial downloader and deleter of dating apps, like okay. serial, like every couple of days, every couple of weeks. Um, and I think a part of it had to do with not fully deleting my profile. Um, so I actually last night was like up until 2.30. I know you said like, when do you sleep? I was like, fun fact, I don't. I really Literally. don't go to sleep until like 2 or 3. And I usually wake up around like 9 or 10 in the morning. And that's just the schedule that works for me somehow. Um, and I work for myself, so it's fine. But I was up last night. And I was like trying to stay off my phone. And I was like, you know what? I don't know why I'm on these stupid apps. I'm swiping. I'm my mental health. Like also just swiping through and having people consistently like not match that. Like he, I, I'm a very competent person and I try not to give a shit most of the time. But it gets to a point where it's like so many no's. Yeah. And I'm just like, what is not like what's wrong with me but like what's wrong with me like what? Yeah. what's wrong with my dating profile and then unfortunately two other problem spots with these apps with all the ones where the woman can chat first you do and then the guys don't respond so I'm like why did you match with me in the first place like this is like I know you're on the app you say you're not on the app but you have to be active on the app to be able to match with people which right I don't I don't understand I mean you understand maybe you understand more about this since like you were a hint and everything but like that's just like something that people are like oh I'm not on here but like they are But you it's are like people say right. that
0: as an excuse for them not responding right. to you sooner
1: right so there's that and then the second part of it which I definitely would love to jump into is like I personally have in my bios like a like some of my work about chronic illness and mental health. And I also have it like written out that like, I have a chronic condition and you can Mm -hmm. like leave your ableist ass at the door kind of thing. And, um, sometimes I'll have people just say like the, the worst things, honestly, like the, their response to like what's going on in that photo is it's not like, Oh, how are you? Like, I hope you're okay. Like I, you know, looked at your work or like, I looked at mm-hmm. your profile. Like i read more about what you're doing. It's always like, what's wrong with you. And I'm like, right. That just makes me feel so shitty and not want to talk to them. So I'm like, Oh, like, thank you very much. I'm moving on. Like you are not for me. Goodbye. <laughs>
0: told me to try Nutravol. And so I did. dollars off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. So head to PresentlyBracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code Seeing Other People. Yeah, it's really, really tough because you expect that every people on dating apps, like everyone is struggling. Every it's really hard for everyone to find someone and you feel lonely. So it's like Yeah, like you expect that people are going to be nice, but then people come out of, of left field being so insensitive and straight up like rude and inconsiderate. And yes, great. You get to filter those people out and you know that you that they are not for you. But at the same time, it's like it just makes it so much more difficult and like soul crushing when that happens. And it just like the stories I've heard from people I've invited on the podcast, it's just, it's like really heartbreaking how there are so many people who are not willing to just like be thoughtful and kind in the things that they say, especially on dating apps.
1: Yeah. And like, I think it has to do with this specific, like, you know, Gen Z and millennial generations growing up, on the cusp of technology like having those memories of times where technology was not a thing and then being so immersed in it in our teenage years when our hormones are raging and we're like just learning like how to even tell somebody that we like them or maybe not like I think that's also like a learning whole other thing um and it was like so detaching of like oh I like let's call Sam like I like Sam and he's hanging out with you know Suzanne and because he's hanging out with Suzanne he likes her and he doesn't like me and this is like this mm-hmm. whole like preconceived thing that I think otherwise we wouldn't have really experienced like that's the whole charm of in-person dating and like what our parents did it was like that courtship kind of moment where they would go up to someone they saw or they like my parents met because they were like doing some ski house timeshare and my dad was dropping something off at uh at his friend's house who was running the timeshare back back in the day. And, Mm. um, you know, like him and my mom met for a brief second. And like, he told his friend like, Oh, like, I think she's kind of cute, like, whatever. And my mom gave this guy her phone number. And And like, eventually, like my dad ended up just having to like call her um, physically, like on a, like, maybe it was a cell phone, maybe it was like a landline. I don't really understand those details. but, But the point is, they met like through a friend and you had to have the balls to be like, hey, like you like Mm -hmm. I think you're cute Like you had to shoot your shot and worst case scenario like what she was married she was you know in a relationship no like she was single like people are so much more single than I think you think um which is just really interesting to me as well
0: and for the record it was definitely a landline
1: yeah oh yeah that is (laughs) that's probably 100% true in the 90s so yeah (laughs) um and I think also like I love social media. Like, again, it's my job. It's what I do. It's how I've fostered amazing communities of people across my platforms. Um, And I've met incredible friends. And I think it's really interesting because it shows me like I can be friends with somebody who's in the UK, or in South Africa, or in, you know, California, and I've never met them in person, but I FaceTimed them hundreds of times. And we just, we relate on so many levels. So I'm like, what is this block here or this issue with finding like, a partner um, that's here in New York, or that I can really like, you know, trust and communicate with and I don't know the answer to that. I don't know why it's so hard for me. Um, maybe it has to do with just like all the hurt and the trauma. Like I feel like friends are a little more, a little less. Is that, I don't know, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, our friends question for you, Are friends or relationships like higher stake when it comes to like your mental and emotional health. Oh
0: God. For me personally, it's, it's been relationships. Like Mm -hmm. I know that when I've been in like bad relationships or have had bad dating experiences, like that's when my anxiety and depression, like, totally is like, hello, Alana, I'm here. Did you miss me? Um, but I also have had really like intense friendship things happen that have completely impacted me. And like, it's not even just like, that I'll be like anxious or upset, like totally changes everything. And, But but I know for me personally, like it is relationships and dating that impacts me the most. But it's also just tough, like with what you were saying before about how like you like the constant swiping and stuff and like seeing Sam hanging out with whoever he's hanging out with. (laughs) It's like it's like, okay like, well, now I can see that Sam's hanging out with this girl and this is what sheep does like I can she's posting where she's going she's posting what she's wearing and stuff so how can I now be more like her because clearly I'm not good enough for somebody like him which is not true but that's what it feels like and that's what it like we kind of that's a story we tell ourselves when we see this stuff happening because we do see it in in action publicly but we also see a very curated not real part of it
1: absolutely I think also like I am a very firm believer in everything happens for a reason, like divine timing at the right time, you know, whether that's a good thing in your eyes or a bad thing, I always see Mm -hmm. that as like redirection. And like, it's, it's all really happening for a reason. So if there's, there's like a reason you're not falling into a relationship, or you're in a situationship, and you know, it's just not aligning, like, there's a reason for that. And I, I really do hope that one day, like everything does align for me the way that I envision it to, but if there's one thing I think I've learned in the past year, it's that we can't be certain and we have to just embrace that uncertainty. And maybe it does not look anything like what I have in my mind and I need to get like, okay with that and kind of like surrender to that whole idea. And, um, in general, that's definitely a hard thing to do. It's way easier said than done. Uh, But also right now with this pandemic, I am not comfortable seeing people at all anymore. And I mean, the other day, my dad came into my room and was like, you need to socialize with people. And I'm like, dad, like, it's so scary. Like I, I have an immunocompromised immune system. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. I I can't risk going to a bar and picking up the Delta variant or being with somebody who maybe, I don't, honestly, I, do I trust somebody who's had COVID and was like super reckless? Like it's hard to say because in the beginning we didn't know like what it was and it just was so like spreading like wildfire. Mm -hmm. Um, But just as a chronically ill person, like, people that are insensitive about that, like a lot of times they're like, Hey, let's go on a date or like, let's go out to a bar. I'm like, first of all, I actually don't drink. Second of all, I am immunocompromised so we can do a FaceTime date. And usually they're like, Oh, okay. And they'll either unmatch me or ghost me, which I'm like, wow, small dick energy. Goodbye. (laughs) Um, But that's been a really hard thing also like for friendships too.
0: I'm sure. And I mean, I can imagine even just not being immunocompromised. I had friendships that kind of got a little rigid. Yeah, because of we all had different COVID values. And I was talking to somebody yesterday, and she and her old roommate kind of ended up having a falling out because the old like they had such different values or not even such different values. It was that one was comfortable with outdoor dining, but not taking mm-hmm. the subway and the other was comfortable taking the subway and not outdoor dining and be that was the thing that broke their roommate friendship apart and Mm -hmm. it is really so true like I everyone believes their own things everyone has their own things like for me I couldn't do outdoor dining I couldn't do a lot of things I couldn't see anyone when there was a time where I was going back and forth between my apartment and my house but I was seeing my parents and that was my priority and people were like well I'll double mask and we can go for a walk outside and I'm like unfortunately my parents don't feel comfortable with that and mm-hmm. they're my priority so I cannot yeah. do that and that yeah. happened with dating too a lot and so I can imagine that even like especially for someone who's chronically ill or immunocompromised like of course that's going to be so much more difficult and for people to not be understanding of that or to like just unmatch you or something like that's it, it's like we really thought that the pandemic was encouraging people to be more empathetic and it's really disappointing to know that that's not what's happened ultimately. Yeah.
1: And there's something that I talk about pretty frequently. Um, it's, and for those of you that aren't familiar with the concept of ableism, it's essentially, um, kind of like the world that we're built, the world that we live in is built for people who take stairs, not ramps. Um, Mm -hmm. That's like the easiest analogy I can think of right now. And I think because we've been brought up in this world, we're just a lot of people are intuitively going to resist when you need accommodations or you need to do something outside of the status quo when it comes to, let's say virtual dating or FaceTiming your friends and eating dinner instead of going out. Or like lately I've been having, last year I did bachelor like Zooms at the same time as people. Like I did watch parties. Um, Me and my friend, we literally FaceTime and go on mute and we sync up our TVs to watch like Gossip Girl at the same time. And I think there's all of these amazing alternative modes of communication that we're just not accepting for some reason. Um, And I get it that being isolated and being home is really hard for some people. Um, I've honestly kind of enjoyed it not gonna lie. Um, I, I
0: totally missed like (laughs) peak quarantine last year my glory days at home. Trust me.
1: I know. Right. (laughs) Um, but I'm also living at home with my parents and on top of being immunocompromised, I'm like, I got two parents around the age of 60. Like I gotta be careful. Like, yes, they're both vaccinated, but that doesn't change the fact that like, any moment, if they were to get sick, like they are much more at risk than I would be, or like any other random 20 year old would be. And I I just agree. Like, I don't understand the insensitivity. Um, but it just comes down to values. And I think we yeah. just have to also take it with a grain of salt. Like, are you going to totally cut someone out of your life because of their boundaries, um, with, with their health or, not. I know with my chronic illness, I unfortunately also did that in college. Like I Mm -hmm. had to cut multiple people out because they were telling me that because I didn't look sick or because I was functioning fine in their eyes, um, that I was being selfish or that I was spending too much time like alone. And like, I wasn't being a supportive friend. And my answer to that was like, you really don't understand me then. Like I have, I've been in all of these appointments every single week and you're going to tell me that I'm faking it or that you don't believe me. Like, I don't know what planet you're on, but I wouldn't be at the fucking hospital in a doctor's office in a gown if I wasn't really dealing with something serious. So for a friend to do that for me, was like more of an emotional and mental betrayal. I think for me of like, how could I have trusted you for three years of my life? And then all of a sudden you're just going to like, F around and like, say this to me because your ego's feeling hurt and small. Um, so unfortunately that's happened. But again, I think it forced me to focus on the friendships that matter and appreciate Mm. them even more. Um, so yeah, I, I love my friends. I really do. The good ones I love.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it it is so tough. and, And I'm sorry that that happened to you. Like it's, what what you said about like the you don't look sick that reminded me so we had a previous episode with Noah Porton who is the host of the Spoonie with Spoonies podcast and that was all about chronic illness and one of the main things she said was that like the one thing to not say to somebody if they communicate that they're chronically ill is like well you don't look sick and yeah so I'm wondering <laughs> in your in your experiences like first of all, can do you mind just giving a refresher to those who are less familiar about what chronic yeah. illness is? And then in your experiences with maybe like dating and, and I know we've talked a little bit about like how you do have it on your dating app, but some of the m- maybe more positive things that somebody can say. If, because yeah. like you never know who you're going to be like sitting across the table from on a first date who's going to like let right. you know about this. So I, I do always want people to be prepared. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, hopefully. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right, all right, I know that everyone has their hands up, and I get it. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about.
1: Um. So that is so funny, but no, I'm going to be talking um, to them later this week, so I'm really excited. Oh, um, she's
0: great.
1: But yeah, I think in my eyes, a chronic illness is, I mean, there's a number of different uh, conditions that fall under this most commonly, I feel like people will, uh, you know, hear like MS, fibromyalgia, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is what I have, chronic Lyme. Um, you could even have chronic migraines, and that would be considered a chronic illness. Um, you can, I think, a lot of things fall under it. It's definitely not limited to what I just said. Yeah, but it's a condition that is in your body forever. So, like. More recently, people have been saying like long COVID. I don't know if you've heard about that, but that is going to be considered. I think it's considered a disability now on under like disability um, in for whatever to qualify for government money yeah. or something like that. Um, I'm not too familiar with tax stuff. Anyway, legislation, not the point. Um, and. Another way to I guess think about it is kind of like a bruise versus a scar. A bruise is temporary. That's kind of like the thing that's, you know, manifest from a problem that you've had and eventually it's going to go away. A scar is on you forever. Um and that's what a chronic illness is. It's something that manifests in your body for ever and you just have to deal with it. Um for me, I've tried so many medications, so many different kinds of therapy. I've tried like psychological therapy, seeing psychologists for pain. Um, I've seen occupational therapists. I've seen lifestyle redesign therapists. I've seen physical therapists. um, And I have really resisted medication for so long because I just, I'm like, I don't want to just put a bandaid on my, my scar and have it just pretend like it's not there. I really want to get to the root of the problem, but Sometimes you have to like take medication and do all of these extra things to start to heal. Um, And I think the key word there is start to heal because it is a long process. Again, like I was diagnosed at age 10 or 11, which was like about 12 or 13 years ago at this point for me, um, which is really crazy to me. But I resisted that treatment and acknowledging that my condition was actually affecting me until it it honestly burnt me out and bamboozled my entire senior year of college. Again, dealt with friendship, falling out, relationship, falling out, physical falling outs with myself, my mental health. Um, and it was honestly really bad. And I think another thing that's really interesting that I have spoken about before with, um, this amazing disability activist and advocate, Tiffany, Yu. um, And we kind of talked about like this concept of, I have a chronic illness. Does that mean I'm disabled? Um, And I think it really comes down to one, disability is not a bad word. It's just, you know, you have different ways of doing things. But two, it has to do with like your own experience and everyone's experience is different. My personal experience um, has definitely affected me to the point where I cannot I can't have a full time job. Um, I don't, I could not function in a nine to five uh, in any way. And for me, that is because of my chronic illness and the way that it, uh, you know, has just forced me to be disabled. And that's okay. Um, I'm okay with that. It took me years to get to this point where I'm comfortable saying that. But I think for so many people, they're scared of disability because they don't want anything to be wrong. They want you to be perfect. And that comes down back to what I was saying before about internalized ableism. So that was a whole big rant, but I hope it was helpful. Um, Second to that, what do I wish people knew about dating someone with a chronic illness? Well, I think leading with compassion is really important and like empathy. And I think asking questions in a sensitive way. So not, you know, not in any accusatory way of like, how can I support you? Or like, what can I do for you? So like, in my ideal relationship, I think kind of like an acts of service man might be like, perfect for me, because I have just stuff all over because I get so exhausted by the time of like, taken something out, shot a piece of content, had a conversation that I'm just like, oh, I'll just leave it out for the next time. When in reality, I think most organized, I don't want to say normal people, but that's for lack of a better word, not words, what chronically I'm say, ill people, not chronically ill people. Exactly. Able bodied people would just go ahead and put it back. And mm-hmm. doing that extra step is sometimes just so overwhelming physically for me to do Um, that it just might, I get clouded, I get really jaded by like my surroundings. And then I have to spend like two or three hours gut cleaning my room (laughs) um, to get it back to a point where I feel comfortable. And it's just, it's so exhausting. So back to what I was saying, I think an acts of service person who would be like, Oh, you know, do you need help? Like, how can I help you right now? Or Is there anything that I can do to like help you be more productive or to um, help your environment feel more comforting or safe? Like those are things that are really important to me. Now, obviously, this is more of a long term thought. If you're meeting someone for the first time, I think going into it as if I'm just like any regular person is important. But at the same time, I would be clear up front before I met the person of like, Hey, I have a chronic illness. Like I would not be comfortable like touching you yet. Like mm-hmm. I would need to know that like you are negative for COVID on a COVID test. And this is, I guess, like in a COVID world that we're speaking of right now. I don't know if that's going to be forever or, or what. I don't I feel like it's Hopefully like some, not like, but for, STD for the,
0: for the current time. Yeah.
1: So I would just be like, okay, like, can I see the COVID test? And I would I would try to have that trust and that faith that that person was being honest, which is definitely a block for me because I've had people just be so dishonest with me. And that's really sad to me. Um, I would also probably ask them questions of like, you know, I have a chronic illness and I'm in pain all the time. And I just want to let you know that I might not always be able to do things like the way that you um, I think talking about things in the context of the bedroom is also really funny. And I do have a couple of really funny stories. At least like I've made them funny. But like I was like I met this guy for the first time. It was like a bumble date. My first bumble date actually. And um it was really good. We ate like take out Chinese food in LA. It was awesome. Oh, I'm
0: craving um, Chinese.
1: I know. So it was so good. And then like whatever, like moved to the couch moment to a little like w- Netflix and chilling. And then we're just like making out and I'm like sitting on top of him and my hip dislocates because I have hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos and my hip just dislocates. And he was like, what was that? And I was oh like, oh, y- that was literally the worst thing you could have ever said to me. Like I would have been like, oh my gosh, like I would have wished I heard oh my gosh, are you okay? Is there anything I could do? Instead, he said, what was that? I said, oh, my my hip just dislocated. Um, I have a chronic illness. He said, oh, um, yeah, I'm going to go. And literally left. Literally walked out and left. And I was hysterical crying. I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, did this actually just happen to me? And since then, I've been a little hesitant to like meet up with people. Also, this was like end of 2019, um, going into 2020. It was winter break. I was back in New York and then COVID happened. So that was the last date that I went on in 2019. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, again, that's a prime example of like when something out of the ordinary happens, uh, that maybe you're not used to with your chronically ill bae, I would say just be sensitive and just be like, Oh my gosh, are you okay? Like, what can I do to help you? Or like, like, do you want to stop? Yeah. Like it, it was so insensitive to the point where it, honestly, it scared me a little. And I know not every man is going to be that shitty, but it's just also hard to get back into something when I was like, Oh yeah, this will be fun. It'll be spontaneous and vulnerable and I'll just have a good time. And then it just totally backfired on me. And I was like, maybe my body's telling me I need to wait for like a good person. Um, that was also such a ramble uh, again, but real shit. I mean, I can't,
0: I can't believe he got up and left. Like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: And unfortunately I've told this story to a lot of my chronically ill girlfriends and they're like, girl, you don't want to know about the time that like my hip dislocated or my shoulder dislocated, or, you know, I like started breaking out in hives or like, you know, like all of these random things that had to do with chronic conditions and disability literally have happened to all of these other women I've talked to. And I'm just like, what like what are we even supposed to do here like what's the action step uh, like how can we also educate these men first of all it's not our job to educate them but how can, it's like inevitable in some way because it's either teach them how to be more compassionate and kind or like suffer the consequence so it's like it's really frustrating and to anybody that is chronically ill or disabled i i'm here with you i i get it i feel you i really do <laughs>
0: It's it's really tough because it's like, I mean, y- we like to think that doing things like this is going to help teach people. And that's why I like having these conversations because they are the important ones to have. But it's like it's up to everyone who's listening to then bring these conversations to other people and keep talking about it. Because realistically, the people who listen to seeing other people are probably like generally good people and they're people who want to learn more about themselves and about dating and about like human connection and stuff. But then it's the people who aren't necessarily listening, aren't watching the work that you're doing on your platforms and the people who this stuff isn't actually reaching. And those are the people who need to learn the most. And so I really do challenge everyone who's listening to bring this up to somebody in a conversation, whether it's a friend or a family member and just be like, have, like I can't believe this happened and like that's not something yeah. that people should be saying or doing or just just having these conversations about how to like be a compassionate and kind human in situations yeah. that might be unfamiliar to you but we all have our own things like we all have something going on internally or with our bodies that is different from everyone else and that impacts our lives and so it's really just like learning to be understanding and to say like what you said like how can I help like what what can I do Mm -hmm. for you like is there anything I can do to make your day a little better or is there anything you need and I think that I mean that's really the goal of everything and that's hopefully what people can take away from this um absolutely one thing I I, yeah
1: mm -hmm. um I was just gonna say for anybody that wants something actionable that you can like do um there is a really amazing documentary on Netflix. If listeners have Netflix, it's called Crip Camp, um, C-R-I-P-C-A-M-P, A Disability Revolution. And it is by, um, in star is Judy Human, who is like the face of the disability um, and inclusion, uh, kind of, I think, revolution in some way. Um, and she was really a pioneer of, and champion of advocating for people with disabilities and their rights. And I just think it's a really great um, film to watch. I think it's an hour and a half or something, which is totally doable. I mean, I know that I've binge watched things for five to seven hours, so I'm sure people can spend the time watching this one. Um, and just, yeah, open your eyes to all of the marginalized communities and like what they suffer when they date. I know it's not limited to chronically ill and disabled people. It goes way more into people of color and other kinds of marginalized groups. So, um, just yeah, pay attention to that. And I just think it's also like, how can you talk with your family members about it when they're constantly like, just like, they just want you to be happy. And it is coming from a place of love. I think that's like important when I think a family or friend is like, Oh, like, how come you haven't found anyone or like what's going on? Um, I think like my person in my family is always like what's going on like where's that special person I'm just like you don't understand like it's not that I don't want somebody it's not that I'm like asexual like I'm not questioning my sexuality but which would be totally fine if you are by the way that's also just how to say that but it's more about the responses that I get when I go on these apps and people are just like Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think I want to deal with like someone with a chronic illness or like, I don't want to like people even go as far to say is like, I wouldn't want to like, you know, raise kids with somebody with a chronic illness. And you, that's inevitable, unfortunately. And I think being upfront about it is the only way to do it, but also having that conversation with your family of like, it's just really hard. Like I I don't, I simply don't know what to do. Um, I think Mm -hmm. that's just, yeah, really, really important. So anyway, I totally cut you off. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) No, you're good. Um, yeah, I think that's a really great tip is about being open with the people who might be like wondering why you haven't dated anyone or like why are you showing up to this family holiday single or why haven't you (laughs) talked about any like relationships I think that's a really great thing to say because I also think like one way to avoid the dating app shit is to ask around like maybe you're maybe someone in your family or one of your friends like knows somebody who knows somebody who could be a much better fit and somebody Mm -hmm. like who is already vetted and they know that they're like a kind, good person. So that's always something that, that comes with talking about it is it'll kind of plant a seed in people's heads to be like, Oh, maybe I know somebody for her or for him um let's one bring shit
1: back <laughs>
0: yeah team courtship one thing i i know we wanted to talk about that i do want to touch yeah. on quickly before we go is um body image because i know you do a lot mm. of work about body image yeah. i have watched a lot of your tiktoks and i think both the work oh, you're doing you. I, I, b- even before we connected i've definitely seen your videos <laughs> like i know that for <laughs> That's a fact so
1: funny Oh my and God.
0: so i think I would love to hear about like body image and and when you're not so confident in in how you look and in your own skin, I know that that can make dating so incredibly hard and and that's happened even to me before, and like
1: yeah.
0: where I will be so upset like I won't want to put on an outfit because I won't feel good in it and that I don't want to go on a date, you know because yeah. I don't feel comfortable with myself and it's just it's something that impacts so many of us all the time and so I'm wondering what your experience has been in terms of like body image and and how to really kind of navigate that with dating.
1: Yeah um, so there's a couple of things one for those of you who are able to like watch the video portion of this uh, podcast, you may be able to see that I have mirrors all over my room and for those listening, I have mirrors all over my room. I've got one that I keep at my desk all the time. And I know our friend SFK always is talking about talking to yourself in the mirror. And I've been doing this for years as well. Um, I literally have like one, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, seven mirrors in my room, which is kind of nuts um, it's kind of like a dance studio in here and I have a like speaker on my TV so I just like link my Spotify and I love music so something that, like it, like that just gets me really hype is dancing randomly like free flow like nobody's watching me but I get to watch myself in the mirror and I'm like, you're fucking hot, like just like keep doing you. And then whenever like the other day, this actually happened to me because I was trying on bikinis when I was um, getting ready to go out to the Hamptons for like a weekend with my friends. And I noticed that like I had a bunch of new stretch marks. And at first I was like, wait, what? Like, I am not cool. With that. Like what? And then I was like, what the heck, Gigi? Like, why are you doubting yourself? Like you still look so fucking hot. Like, these are just like a part of your body. And it's just like who you are, like, there's nothing to be ashamed of, like, people's bodies grow. And I also think it's really important to talk about like the second puberty that women experience um, in our life. And, you know, like our hips change size, I think around childbearing age, like scientifically, that is something that happens to us. Um, And instead of being like, oh, this is a natural bodily thing that is scientifically and medically recognized, we're like, oh my gosh, I just want to be small. And I think that also feeds into a lot, similarly to ableism, it feeds into our notion of like fat phobia and how ingrained that is not only in marketing, which I'm very happy to see is changing. um, But it's been what we grew up with especially millennials generations um we grew up with barbie being like the body that we wanted and having that equate to like a runway model um now i think gen zers and gen alpha i think is what they're calling them Mm -hmm. um get to have these different versions they get to see themselves in these characters and they don't have to be self-conscious that they don't look like barbie which by the way i love barbie always have I love American Girl Dolls, like all of that stuff, but I think part of it really has to do with like the world around us and how we interpret it. So as marketing shifts and as more um, inclusivity comes to the forefront of the, the world around us, I think we'll feel more confident. But in terms of dating, I just think having a wardrobe that you feel confident in is also so important. Like I have very large boobs and I feel so insecure about it like all the time. Like I will wear turtlenecks. I will usually wear something that like covers my cleavage. Like everybody's always like telling me like, oh my God, you have such big tits, like whatever. And I'm like, why is this the center of attention? Like what are is this fucking chorus line? Are we doing tits and ass? Like what <laughs> what's going on here? And Instead of getting so worked up at that, I just choose things that I feel confident in. And I'm like, you know what? If I want to wear a turtleneck, fine. I will mm-hmm. rock that turtleneck. I want to wear like a romper. I, By the way, I'm a huge romper and jumpsuit stan. Like most of the time you'll Love. catch me in that or like pantsuit. Um, so those are things that I feel confident in. I'm going to wear that. And um, with intimacy, I think you just have to focus on like getting your nut (laughs) you got to get your nut and you got to do like be lasered in on the nut it's not about like the way you look it's about the way you feel and the way that Mm -hmm. somebody else is going to help you feel the way you want to feel to get your nut so that's just my perspective on all of the body image stuff relating to dating but also make sure you do an audit and you're following brands and people who also are embracing their own confidence. Because if you are following people that are the stereotype, or like, a friend of mine's like, I love the soft girl aesthetic. And I'm like, yes, but you're not a soft girl. So like, mm-hmm. what, why? I mean, it's okay to have that inspiration. But don't think that you need to fit a mold if it's not inherently who you are. Um Absolutely. And I just think also based on like, people do things for a reason, like, you know, you're inherently beautiful, just how you are. And I know people have heard it a 100 times, but I truly mean it when I say it to people. And I just think confidence is something that it should be empowering. It's not something to be scared of um, at all.
0: Yeah, I love that. I I really love everything you said. And there was a lot of really good advice in there. The one thing that I want to add is I know, Sometimes there are people who are like, I can't date until I lose like five more pounds or like uh, I yeah. this I can't upload this picture because I was like 10 pounds skinnier or things mm-hmm. like that like for my dating app profile. And at the end of the day, like nobody cares. Like nobody is paying attention to that. Nobody cares yeah. at all. And right. I know that's so hard to think because like, of course you care and you caring is the most important thing. But it, it like you never know who you could be missing out on by like in those times where you're waiting to lose that five pounds, lose that 10 pounds, like fit into this like date night outfit. And the person who is ultimately going to be the person that you click with and connect with and can create a partnership with is not going to give a shit
1: at all. Not at all. And one other thing on the note of that that I would encourage anyone to kind of check themselves and like audit yourself and think about this is when you're thinking about losing weight to post a photo in the future, you're living in the future, a world that doesn't mm-hmm. exist. You're living in a what if kind of land and I truly believe that you need to live in the now and you, you have all this stuff in the past that you can take and you can use as collateral for like what you want in the future, but you can only dictate what you're doing now. So if you want to lose that five pounds, great, do that. But that's not going to change exactly who you are today. Um, Mm -hmm. You're going to be the same person regardless of if you lose weight or not. That's just a physical like manifestation of you and maybe working out like made you have some like profound like revolution like revelation or like epiphany or something but just make sure that you're doing it for yourself and for your own mental health and well-being and not because you think that being skinnier and posting a photo only when you're skinny or only when you're um you know 10 pounds give or take at the weight that you want to be at um because you think that's where you'll find your partner Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not about that. It's about like, what, like why ask yourself, why, why is that important to me? I always tell people when they have these like really strong feelings or emotions or they're stuck, even I'm like, why is that important to you? And then Mm -hmm. they tell me, and then I ask them again, I say, why is that important to you? And I, I do that constantly over and over again to get to the root of the problem. So definitely, I think we need some journaling, some journaling prompts here. (laughs) Write that down.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Hell yeah. Why? Why is that important to you? Um, yeah, yeah, I love that. And I I think on that note, thank you for being here. (laughs) This was so great. And I'm so excited. And I really feel like this was to so everyone listening, like, thank you for sitting down and listening to this because I, I really think this was one of the more important conversations that have happened on seeing other people lately. And um, I mean, all of our conversations are great, but I really <laughs> like this one. Um, but Gigi, thank you so much for being here. Where can everyone find you?
1: You can, first of all, just Google Gigi Robinson. But um, on social media, I'm at it's Gigi Robinson on every platform and. Uh, more recently, I am on Spotify Green Room just at Gigi, and I have my own show on Friday night Eastern. So definitely try to tune in. You might see a familiar face.
0: Hell yeah. How do people <laughs> get to Spotify Green Room for those who have not heard of it yet?
1: Yeah. So you just download it in the App Store, Spotify Green Room, and you make an account. And if you have a Spotify account, you can link it. And if you don't have a Spotify account, you can just like make a green room account and um you don't have to pay for it it's a free app and you just get to listen to a lot of awesome candid conversations and some really awesome like live recordings of things so uh again stay tuned you'll definitely see a familiar face I'm familiar face Lana. and a
0: familiar voice.
1: <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, thank thank you. you
0: for being here, and everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to give a five star rating and review. Send this episode to a friend. Follow seeing other people. Follow Alana Dunn. Follow Gigi Robinson, and I'll see you next time.
1: Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKCIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh yeah, that too, Scout, that too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello everyone, I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OK Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, bads. Welcome to the sisterhood!